bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, June 16th, 2020. I hope that you and your family are safe and well. As a firm, Novogratik has been following state and local health orders to shelter in place and social distance for about three months now. 93 days, to be exact. During that time, Novogratik employees and partners have continued to serve clients remotely, working from home. Over the past few days and weeks, we've watched the phased reopening of some communities in which our offices are located, while being aware that we're not out of the pandemic woods just yet. As always, our priority is keeping our clients, employees, partners, and their families safe and healthy. To that end, Novogratik continues to take a cautious, pragmatic, thoughtful, and multi-phase approach to reopening our Novogratik offices. Today, though, reflects a turning point, we hope. Not a large one, a gradual one. Today, we have begun reopening two offices out of more than 25. Our Alpharetta, Georgia, and Dover offices are scheduled to begin their Phase 1 limited reopening today. I say limited because we will have about 10 to 15% of our partners and employees returning to those offices, and we have many added safety measures that we've uh, put in place to continue exercising appropriate contagion avoidance practices. More offices will reopen as health and safety conditions allow. In the meantime, Novogratik continues to be open for business, whether we're working from home or from the office. Please contact an office near you for any tax auditing and consulting needs. If you subscribe to one of our email lists, then today you will or have already received an email message from me regarding the murder of George Floyd and the killings of Ahmed Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and Richard Brooks. In the message, I outline additional steps Novogratz will be taking to expand our efforts to help ensure that communities of color are afforded the same rights, respect, and opportunities enjoyed by the most privileged strata of society. I hope you will join us in being an agent for positive change. Turning now to the substance of this podcast, we received good news from the IRS last week for New Markets Tax Credit investors, sponsors, and businesses, and the communities they serve. Specifically, the IRS last week released disaster relief guidance for new market tax credit transactions. Guidance extends certain investment, reinvestment, and working capital safe harbor deadlines. This applies to community development entities and qualified new market tax credit businesses. I also have optimistic news developing in the state of California related to the investor's ability to claim the state low-income housing tax credit, as well as claim additional tax credits next year. In other positive state tax credit news, I'm going to discuss a new low-income housing tax credit incentive in the state of South Carolina, as well as proposals to extend or enhance other state tax credits in Louisiana and Mississippi. If you're ready, let's get started. Last week, Friday to be exact, the IRS issued disaster relief guidance for the New Markets Tax Credit Incentive. This relief specifically applies to community development entities and to qualified businesses. The IRS guidance is found in Notice 2020-49. This notice extends three key new markets tax credit deadlines. Two of the deadlines apply at the CDE level, and one applies at the business level. All three extensions allow events that previously had to be completed between April 1 and December 31 to use the December 31 date. Now, the first extension is regarding the time that CDEs have to invest cash received by investors. Under the guidance, CDEs that previously were required to invest cash received from an investor between April 1 and December 
31, 2020, if they had to invest by that date, they now have until December 31, 2020 to make the investment. The second extension is similar to the first. That extension applies to CDEs with reinvestment due dates between April 1 and December 31 this year. Those CDEs now have until December 31, 2020 to reinvest any cash or payments. The third extension applies to qualified new markets tax credit businesses. Now, NMTC finance businesses are allowed a working capital safe harbor for the construction of real property. Under the safe harbor, businesses have 12 months to expend working capital for the construction of real property. If businesses fail the safe harbor, they run the risk that the investment proceeds will be considered non-qualified financial property and they'll fail the 5% limit requirement. Now, under the just released guidance, if that 12-month period ended or scheduled to end between April 1 and December 31, then the new deadline is December 31, 2020. Essentially, if your original due date for any of these requirements was April 1 or later this year, you have until December 31, 2020 to comply. Now, if these three extensions sound familiar, it may be because the New Markets Task Force Working Group called for these extensions in a letter to the IRS in April. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused delays in financing construction-related activities, making it difficult for CDEs and qualified businesses to meet New Markets Task Force requirements on time. Disaster relief, such as that in Notice 2020-49, gives CDEs and qualified businesses more leeway in satisfying certain time-sensitive requirements. Now, on behalf of the New Market Task Credit Working Group, I commend Treasury for releasing this helpful guidance. In addition to those three deadline extensions, there are other forms of disaster relief that the New Market Task Credit Working Group proposed in April to both the IRS and to the CDFI Fund. I discussed some of those pandemic-related New Market Task Credit issues in the podcast earlier this month. That was in the context of some lawmakers requesting guidance from the IRS for CDEs affected by COVID-19. Today, I'll expand on those issues to provide more detail on other challenges CDEs face that could be addressed with additional guidance. I'm going to start with the working group's additional recommendations to the IRS. Then, second, I'll talk about recommendations for the CDFI fund. First, the IRS. One of the primary challenges CDEs are facing relate to difficulty in providing loan modifications. As you may know, most new markets tax credit investments are issued or made as loans. In light of the pandemic, many CDEs have received requests from their borrowers to modify their loan terms to provide relief to their borrowers during the current economic crisis. The problem? There may be adverse unintended consequences for CDEs if they make these loan modification requests or agree to those requests. In the tax world, the IRS treats significant debt modifications as a taxable exchange. A taxable exchange could then mean a taxable gain for the business borrower and a taxable loss for the CDE. And the CDE itself may also need to redetermine if the business borrower continues to qualify as an eligible new market tax credit qualifying business. These complications can lead to significant transaction costs and future noncompliance. Deferrals of payments may also lead to cash being trapped at the CDE, unavailable for distribution to the investment fund or cash is needed to make leveraged loan payments. Therefore, the New Markets Task Credit Working Group has asked that the IRS temporarily suspend the application of debt modification rules and fix the redemption safe harbor for partnerships so that CDEs can provide debt relief to low-income community business borrowers. Three other key areas of IRS disaster relief that the New Market Task Credit recommended were the three deadline extensions I just discussed. They were addressed as part of Notice 2020-49. 
Now I'd like to turn to the working group's recommendations to the CDFI fund. The working group has suggested several areas of disaster relief. I'm going to highlight four of those issues. One area deals with the ability of CDEs to comply with their allocation agreements. CDEs are required to comply with their allocation agreements or they jeopardize getting future allocations. However, the pandemic poses serious obstacles to a CDE's ability to comply with some sections of the allocation agreement, including those related to eligible activities, flexible products, and innovative investments. The working group recommends that the CDFI fund publish a notice saying that the CDFI fund will not treat CDEs as having failed to comply with their allocation agreements if the CDEs can reasonably demonstrate that their inability to comply was due to the pandemic or the effects of the pandemic. Now, a second area of difficulty that the CDFI fund can address is allowing CDEs to pivot from their original strategies to make investments in businesses and projects. That is, even if those investments are not generally consistent with the strategies in their allocation application. Giving CDEs this flexibility could help CDEs provide low-income businesses with patient and flexible capital that they need to survive the pandemic crisis. A third area where the CDFI fund can provide disaster relief is giving CDEs more time to satisfy their reporting requirements. CDEs have reported to us difficulty in getting reporting information, such as impact data and other information from qualified businesses that may be understaffed. The working group recommends the CDFI fund publish a deadline extension for any reporting requirements. Because the effects of the pandemic are so widespread and small businesses are already stretched to capacity, a blanket deadline extension for reporting requirements will be most helpful and efficient and much more helpful and efficient than the CDFI fund handling extension requests on a case-by-case basis. And a fourth area where the CDFI fund could assist is with the 24-month look-back period for CDEs. Transactions that use new market tax credit proceeds to repay or refinance expenditures rely on a 24-month look-back period to determine the permissible amount of proceeds that qualified businesses can repay or refinance. For transactions in which significant amounts of expenditures fall outside of the 24-month period, qualified businesses may not be able to leverage financing to close their new market tax credit transactions. The working group recommends that the CDFI fund extend the look-back period to allow expenditures that may fall outside of the 24 months because of COVID-19-related delays. As you can see, the new market tax credit community faces several challenges that the pandemic exacerbates. Disaster guidance that helps new markets tax credit investments remain feasible is crucial as communities continue to rely on the new market tax credit as an economic recovery tool. In recognition of the new market tax credit's importance to capital recovery, Novogratik offers a variety of services, trainings, and products to help now navigate these difficulties. Now, if you have any questions about meeting these deadlines or requirements for your new market tax credit transaction or business, please contact my partner, Brad Elphick. Brad, as you may know, heads the New Markets Tax Credit Working Group. You can also contact him for information about joining the group. Brad also wrote a summary for the July issue of the Neurotic Journal of Tax Credits on the New Market Tax Credit Working Group's recommendations that I outlined in the podcast today. You can subscribe to the journal to get access to Brad's article. I'll have more information how to subscribe to the journal and what other stories are in the July journal later in the podcast. Other New Market Tax Credit resources that we have include a recording of the New Markets Tax Credit Compliance Webinar that we held last week. And this Thursday, we'll also offer a webinar on the top 10 tips to help in the upcoming $5 million New Market Tax Credit round. The application webinar is this Thursday, June 18th. I'll include a registration link and a link to last week's webinar recording in today's show notes. And don't forget, the Novogratz 
first New Market Tax Credit Conference, virtual conference, is only five weeks away. It's going to be held on July 23rd. We have an exciting lineup of conference panels, including a Q&A session with three representatives of the CDFI Fund. You won't want to miss that discussion. The virtual conference registration is today's show notes, and I'll tweet it out as well. Now, let's turn to California. I have a promising update for affordable housing production and preservation in California. Actually, two updates. Now, I mentioned in past podcast episodes that California Governor Gavin Newsom had proposed a $5 million limit on how much tax liability taxpayers could offset using business tax credits in a given year. The proposed cap was $5 million a year for tax years beginning in 2020 through 2022, so three years. Affordable housing advocates were concerned that capping the state and local tax credit to $5 million per taxpayer would seriously dampen investor appetite for the credit. And a decrease in investor appetite would highly likely drive down tax credit equity pricing. In turn, that would mean fewer affordable housing units that could be developed and preserved in California, a state, like so many others, that's already experiencing a severe housing crisis. As I said, there is potentially good news, a promising update. California state legislature yesterday passed a budget package that includes an exemption for the state loan building tax credit from the proposed cap. That's right. The state legislature kept the business tax credit limitation of $5 million, but it provided a special exemption for the state long-term housing tax credit. And the bill allows another $500 million in state tax credits for the coming fiscal year. This matches the extra $500 million they also enacted last year. So that's the second bit of good news. Governor Gavin Newsom has until July 1, which is two weeks from tomorrow, to sign the bill. And we're hearing that Governor Newsom is expected to sign the bill though there is additional budget matters to be worked out. Another good news for affordable housing, South Carolina can now add itself to the ranks of states with a state long-term housing tax credit. The state credit amount that was recently enacted in South Carolina will equal the federal credit. That is, pending the taxpayer, the recipient, detailing how tenants will benefit from the extra state tax credit. They also need to show that the state tax credit is needed for the transaction to be financially viable. The South Carolina credit applies to all properties placed in service between January 1 of this year and December 31, 2030. Now, for additional details on this tax credit, I encourage you to reach out to Mark Shelburne. I'll include Mark's contact information in today's show notes. We understand that guidance as to how to apply for the state tax credit should come out this week. Now, there are potentially encouraging tax credit updates from other states as well. In Louisiana, a bill was introduced to authorize a new round of the state new markets tax credit. I should note that two other Louisiana bills would extend and expand the state historic tax credit. And in Mississippi, a bill is being considered that would extend the state historic tax credit by 10 years and would make the credit transferable. Allowing the credit to be transferable would potentially expand the pool of investors in the tax credit. Thereby, the Mississippi state historic tax credit could see more demand and better pricing per tax credit, which would, of course, lead to more capital for historic rehabilitation. And while I'm speaking of this great state-level news, I want to note that the July issue of the Novak Journal Tax Credits focuses on how state and local governments can help with community development tax incentives. In our themed issue, my Washington Wire column addresses the importance of state-level tax credits during the recovery from an economic recession. And in my column, I examine how various states reacted to the Great Recession. At the time of the Great Recession, 
States such as California and New York limited taxpayers' ability to claim tax credits against the state income tax liability, much like California is proposing again this cycle. Well, states can learn from some important lessons and apply them to how they deal with the current economic downturn. Namely, preserving the effectiveness of community development tax credits will be key to states' economic recovery. There are other themed articles in July issue, such as one on how local governments can support opportunity zone investments, as well as how brownfield tax credits can work with affordable housing, and how state historic tax credits complement the federal historic tax credit. If you're not yet a subscriber to the journal, I invite you to subscribe today to make sure you receive our state and local incentives issue. I'll post a link to subscribe to the journal in today's show notes. Well, that brings it to the end of this week's report. I do have a quick reminder, though. If you're a business thinking about getting a Paycheck Protection Program loan, well, I want you to remember that the deadline for getting a loan application approved is two weeks from today, June 30th. Once again, that's to get the application approved. If you're considering getting a PPP loan, you should apply sooner rather than later. Novogratz's Megan Murphy can assist you with the application and with documenting your needs for future loan forgiveness. I'll include her contact information in today's show notes. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratz. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratz and Company LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratz and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.